Brought to you by Top Hat Chimney Sweeps. If you have a chimney, make sure it's inspected by the best. Top Hat Chimney Sweeps of Auburn. With 20 years of experience, they are the pros. Auburn up like it this morning. News Talk WANI. There are the ongoing joke. Daryl Dappers joins me. Max Roundtable Mondays. The ongoing joke about us getting this thing sponsored by Top Hat Chimney Sweeps is the guy, not Zach, but one of the co-hosts that hosted the shows before me. The liner says if you have a chimney, they will come check your chimney out. Well, he didn't have one. But he thought he did, so he called them, and they still came to check it out. So they'll check your chimney out whether you have one or you don't have one. <laughs> That's great customer service right there. That, that, that call may go a little longer than normal when you're trying to find the chimney, but, you know, give them an A for effort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have loved to have been a part of that conversation when whoever went out there to check it out says, you know, we need to talk. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have been a part of the conversation. I got good news and I got bad news. He, good news is, I think everything's okay. Bad news, I can't. You don't have a chimney. In his defense, he had gas logs, but the new way they build the houses now, they've got that vent that goes out the back of the house where it's like a fake chimney. It's not a real chimney. So he yeah. was, and granted, give him credit. He was trying to give one of our sponsors some business. So he called him out to make sure his chimney was clear and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like you. I would have loved to have been that service tech that walked around the property for about 20 minutes and came back and said, hey, bub, there is no chimney. (laughs) Uh, But, hey, thanks for the great customer service. So there you go. There you go. There you go. That's why why we love our sponsors. They don't look down on us. They're they're happy to deal with our idiocy that we we have up here at the radio station. And uh, speaking of A-Day, fans getting way been out of shape about what the product that they see on the field. If you look at any social media, they've all got it figured out, Daryl. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? How bad the offensive line play is going to be? How good the defense is going to be? What should people take away from a weekend like A-Day? Nothing. And I hate to say that. I, look, I used to get into A-Day a lot, and I feel like 15, 20 years ago it did mean more. Mm-hmm. There, there were different components of it. But a lot of guys sit out the spring now. You've got it. So the offensive line argument, don't even pay attention to that because that's not going to be the Auburn starting offensive line. No. I think four potential starters were not in the game. Mm-hmm. I think the quarterback battle is not going to be determined till the fall because Calzada is did not come to Auburn to sit. Mm-hmm. So I think that once he gets in into fall practice in August, that's not going to be determined until right before the opener. So that's another reason why I wouldn't pay – too much attention to it. The scoring system is crazy now. The ones play the twos. The twos play the ones. And then there's this growing fad across the country. Auburn didn't do it, but I've seen some other schools, South Carolina, out west, where they just like throw in a high or a college basketball coach or a female college basketball player or a celebrity and let them catch a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. And I'm going in the spring game, mm-hmm. and I'm going. See that that's gimmicky, and that takes away. How can you put any stock or any seriousness in trying to get a read for something when somebody without a helmet comes off the sideline, stands in the end zone, and catches a touchdown pass, and everybody goes crazy? Mm-hmm. I, I just it's not what it used to be. It's good for practice. It's good for the fans to put names with numbers especially with people that are, you know, either early spring enrollees or people that you don't get a lot of get to see get a lot of playing time. So there's a few little things you can take from it. 
you know, I think Capers, the Auburn wide receiver, played well. I like the Landon King, mm-hmm. and I like Gurnier. I mean, I think Gurner played really, really well in his limited time, but you can't glean too much from that because of scoring systems, injuries, and how they line up, you know, as far as the, the, the depth chart, ones versus twos, that kind of thing. So, fun day, go out. It's a glorified practice. People need to chill out because you can't take nothing from it. Now, I've said that uh, the, the things that I look for in A-Day are, number two, who's walking around in a cast or a boot or a sling on their arm. Or, like that. I want to see none of that. I, I don't like seeing that. Uh, how many guys are wearing their sweatpants and their jersey only on the sideline uh, so you can see who's being set out, who's being held for, for, for that sort of thing. And the other thing I look at is I don't ever look at offensive or defensive line play, but I look at the, the, the wideouts and I look at defensive backs. And the one thing that I'm looking at, though, is the speed. Is it there? Uh, because you can see some wideouts that love to show out a little bit, and once they blow by a DB and you're like, okay, now there's something there. Now if we can just teach him to catch, there's something there. Uh, but other than that, I'm like you. People get way – there were people already – on Twitter and Facebook and social media, and they were talking about who's going to be the starter, and, and I'm sitting there going, guys, people forget. I mentioned this to Riley in the last hour. Cam Newton came from Blinn Junior College or Community College, or I've forgotten how, how, how you say it, and he looked awful in the spring. And the reason being is because they had not worked on his throwing motion that much, and he wasn't able to run in spring because he had the red jersey on, so they couldn't touch him. And so when he came at spring, I was I was one of the fans going, this guy's supposed to be that good? And now there's a friggin' statue sitting outside of the stadium with him. So uh, yep. quit putting all your eggs in the spring basket. Uh, no I problem. think the only thing that can happen in the spring, obviously you'll, I, I think it's very difficult to win a job in a spring game. If you, if, if you don't get an opportunity to see somebody like the Cam Newton scenario, that's one thing. But if you're giving a if you're given a lot of reps, mm-hmm. you don't look very good. I do believe it's possible to get knocked down a couple spots on the depth chart in the spring. Yeah. I, I do believe that. I think coaches are looking at certain things. How is he running his routes? Does his passes look sharp? Would he have been sacked in that scenario, holding on to the ball too long? So I think there's a there's a a mindset that it, you can evaluate. But again, the quarterback race is not going to even be decided until I think Calzada has an opportunity to go head to head with Ashford and Finley in, you know, obviously in, in a fall type practice scenario. So running back, you know, yeah. if they run hard, that's one thing. But what can you really tell from a running back that's running behind the second string patchwork offensive line? Yeah, so you, I mean, they, only, why everyone, they yeah, only gave Tank, what, four, five, six carries. That's all they gave Tank, and then they sat him. I mean, not, you're not going to get your star guy hurt. And no, so, and then remember, remember now, and I think another thing people seem to forget is after spring games, the portal ratchets up. So let's say you may see some guys starting for Auburn in the fall, maybe, or, or getting significant playing time that weren't even in that spring game. Because when people's spring games get played, and if they look and say, I'm second on the depth chart, I'm not I'm not staying here, I'm moving. Well, if it's an SEC school to an SEC school, then, you know, obviously Auburn would not have the that That is that passed mm-hmm. to transfer and be immediately eligible. But if you come from a mid-major or an ACC school or something like that, 
you may see somebody that gets significant playing time and can get in the two deep that does not transfer into Auburn until after these spring practices and these spring games are over. Yeah, because the portal ratchets up. It's already starting to ratchet up. I'd I'd seen where I guess one of the um, national champion Georgia Bulldogs, one of their offensive linemen who is a starter and has a couple of years eligibility left, he has already entered his name into the portal. And um, and, yeah, Mims. Yep. Mims. And that was immediate after like Saturday night. So I kind of wonder, you know, how many more are going to do that within the next couple of weeks. It'll be interesting, and it's at the same time that basketball transfer portals mm-hmm. start to happen. Because remember, I think it was maybe the middle of April. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was around April when the whole Walker Kessler, Wendell Green, Zepp Jasper, all that dropped last mm-hmm. year. I think Kessler may have been the last one, mm-hmm. the last shoe to fall, but that happened in April. So it's going to be very busy over the next couple of weeks, portal-wise, football and basketball as far as shaping rosters. But that's why, again, people need to pump the brakes on spring games because you may get a receiver that is a mid-major guy that says, you know, I want to get, I want to play in the SEC, or a receiver like Demetrius Robertson last year that for whatever reason felt like he needed to get more touches and he wasn't going to get that in the Georgia offense and he comes to Auburn in the spring. So, uh, again, I, I think Robertson was immediately eligible because of the COVID rule last year. They may have extended the deadline. I don't remember the specifics, but uh, if you're looking for an immediate impact guy, you can't get. You're not going to be able to get one from the SEC. It's going to have to come mid majors or another uh, Power Five conference that's not the SEC for immediate eligibility, and that that should be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch, that's for sure, because it's almost like recruiting 2.0 whenever the season rolls around. Switch gears a little bit. You get a chance to watch any of the Masters over the weekend. I did. I watched more. Uh, I actually did watch a lot on Thursday, a lot on Friday. Saturday had some opportunity, of course, yesterday as well. Uh, Very impressed, obviously, with with Scotty Scheffler. Very impressed with what he said after uh, winning the Masters, his, his perspective, his values. He's very, very grounded. Um, I think that, you know, it's a situation where, uh, you know, it's, it's good. And, and I'm, I, it, was a, it was a good Masters. I was very intrigued by the Tiger Woods story. I just wanted to see him make the cut. I was glad that he did. And, of course, I think Saturday and Sunday just proved to be a little bit too much fatigue-wise. But, man, what a story just for him to make the cut, to be honest with you. I mean, that was a, that was a, a pretty, pretty phenomenal feat for him. Yeah, on the Scheffler side, four wins in 57 days. That's not bad. That's not a bad start to your year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> already made uh, up to this point. After that win yesterday at 2.7 million, he's uh, he's a little uh, he's 12 point something million now is what he's made thus far in 2022. That's not a bad season for you. Uh, on the Tiger side of thing, it really puts it in perspective hearing somebody like my, my wife who's sitting there with me, and I, I, I make no bones about it. She doesn't follow golf, um, but she's watching it and and she sees when Tiger comes off of 18, and she said that's amazing. And I said, what's that? And she said, they love him. She goes, look at him. She said, everybody just loves him. And he, him to, it was good to see Tiger cracking smiles and to looking like he enjoyed golf instead of being the 
you know, curmudgeon that he's been through the years of yeah. um, not being. And I thought it was interesting. He was paired with Rom on Sunday. Rom made the comments earlier in the week where somebody said, "Have you gotten any advice from Tiger?" And he said, "You need to talk to Justin Thomas because he's the only one he's talking to about that." Because Rom apparently had asked him two times about some different advice, and Tiger shut him down and gave him zero advice. And so. Um, he looked to have kind of not taken Rom under his wings, but he talked with Rom pretty much the entire round because they covered it. I mean, they sh- if it's Tiger on, they're going to show it. So he was one of the featured right. groups, and so I did find that interesting. So uh, he's committed to the uh, Open Championship, or as us old timers call it, I still call it the British Open because that's what it is. Um, but it's the Open Championship. He's committed to that, but that's it for right now. Yeah, that's amazing because I would imagine that 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 means he's skipping the U.S. Open, or maybe he's not. But the U.S. Open obviously gets played before the the Open Championship. So I wonder what he's going to do there. It's in Massachusetts. It's in Brookline. Um, I, w- I would hope that he would play that, but we'll see. It might be he needs his body to recover. And PGA Championship, he would not commit to that either because somebody asked him because he won there in 07 at the PGA Championship. I forgot which uh, which course it was, but apparently uh, he's, he told uh, Cara Banks, who is one of the um, uh, Golf Channel reporters, uh, she said he would not commit to it. He's only committed to St. Andrews. Now, St. Andrews is flat, and St. Andrews is short. So I think... Part of what he did this weekend, Daryl, was figure out, can I walk 18 holes four days in a row on literally the toughest place to walk in the country? He proved that he could, even though he was limping really hard at the end. Um, But I think now he thinks, okay, well, the rest of these courses, yeah, if I I can just keep my leg in shape, I should be okay. Yeah, the undulation of of the Masters and the the severe – Elevation drops and all that kind of stuff, and and you could tell as even walking down, it seemed to bother him more down because you have to keep your gait at a certain level and mm-hmm. try to stay on level ground. But look, it was a great story. It had me completely intrigued, and all I wanted to see him do was make the cut. And the fact that he shot what he shot to me was irrelevant because he was playing on Sunday, mm-hmm. and that was the story. Besides, obviously, Scheffler and like you said, winning you know four times in that many days, uh, just a great. Great weekend with and four day span with Major League Baseball opening up. Yeah, Auburn baseball played against Vanderbilt, getting two out of three. Fun, fun sports weekend, man. It really was. What do you guys have on tap for uh, the Max Roundtable this week? Well, today we'll be talking a lot of Masters. There's yeah. no doubt. Uh, I know that Doug will be will be talking about the Scheffler situation and how he carried himself. I'm sure we'll we'll touch on some A day stuff. As well, uh, I'm actually switching days. I'll be on today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Got a little bit of a change in the schedule. Charlie will be on Thursday and Friday. We'll try to maybe, maybe tap into Charlie and see what he saw at A-Day. I think he was over there as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of get his take on it a little bit. Man, look forward to it. Listen, every day. So I'm excited about it on our sister station, ESPN 106.7. Daryl, as always, I appreciate your time, my man. All right, man. You have a great week, buddy. All right, you too. <laughs> Daryl Daprich, Max Roundtable, Mondays. You can catch them middays on our sister station, ESPN 106.7. Immediately following them, you can go ahead and hear On the Line on ESPN 106.7. And then The Drive. We'll have Bill on with The Drive Thursdays a little bit later.